Don't look at me though. Because if I see you guys laughing or something, I'm gonna start laughing. All right, my guy. Well, thanks for doing this, Alex Evans, my childhood best friend. We've been friends for a long time since. See, I moved to West Jordan when I was twelve. Yeah, somewhere around twelve. Because you, because I'm a little bit older than you, and I don't think you. No, I think it was right before I was a deacon. So, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, This whole podcast, I don't know how much of it you've listened to. Quite a bit. Um, But, uh, like you've kind of heard with the other ones, it is a, just kind of like a record of people that in my life have made a huge impact. Um, And I think you are well aware of the impact that you made, especially when you were younger and growing up. Um, and I kind of want to just hear your, your side of things. Like I've got my side of what I think of our relationship and I've never really, we never really sat down and talked about it. Um, and then as kind of life went on, as we kind of went our separate ways and come, have come back, I just want to kind of talk to you a little bit about it. So, um, I want to kind of hear your side of kind of our story and how we met. Yeah. Um, I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember that. You know, kind of the, I, I was, I was friends with, like, there was a whole group of, of us friends in the neighborhood. Right. Um, but there wasn't really anyone my age. There was Drew, but he was still a year older than me. So he was like going into young men's and stuff earlier than I was in scouts and, and whatever. And then there's that group below me, the Connor and Chase and Davis and Braden and all, and my brothers obviously, but they were all two years younger. So there was no one really just like right there at kind of doing the same things I was and you still were kind of closer to Drew but um I remember wanting friends my age there even though I was cool that like I, I had plenty of friends um and I can't remember if I knew if you guys moved into the neighborhood or not but um I remember one day I think I got home from school or something and we had like that basketball hoop in front yeah. of my house um and I would always I mean that's kind of where I lived was that that basketball hoop if I wasn't there I was in chasing Connor's backyard um, and I think I remember seeing you and Nick out there and I must've been way more outgoing back then. Cause I think I just was like, sweet, more friends to go play basketball with and yeah. I went outside. Uh, that's really how I remember meeting you is just at that basketball hoop outside. And then, uh, yeah, we kind of became better friends after that. Yeah. Cause your house was the very first house coming into the neighborhood. Right. So like where I, to get to my house, I had to pass yours and then down the hill. I was at the very bottom of it. And when I remember we were driving in and. We had never seen the hoop lowered. I had a hoop in California and had the ability to be lowered, but we only lowered it so that we could grab it and move it, and then we'd hi- like raise it back up. Right. And we're like, me and my brother are like, oh, you can leave it lowered. So I'm like, we could probably dunk on that thing. So like we unpacked and then like ran up the hill and just took a basketball and like we were able to dunk on it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then you just came walking out and like it wasn't like a, you were like. Hey, I'm Alex. Like you came out with the ball, and then you started to shoot on it, and then, like we just started playing basketball, and then that's how kind of how we yeah. met each other. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it kind of just grew from there. Yeah, I I knew that. Yeah, that's kind of where the, I remember seeing you guys the first time. I I honestly don't remember how our relationship progressed after that. It just did. it just, it was just kind you of a natural I mean? thing. So I, I, yeah. yeah. But I do remember that was the first thing. And then yeah, obviously, kind of met everyone else in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's time went got on. Got into the basketball group and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and, and um, I moved from West Jordan to Evanston when I was fifteen. So I wasn't there. I wasn't in West Jordan very long. 
It was only three years. <laughs> yeah, it was only three wow. years. That's crazy. And um, really, you were the only person. Like, we were still, you know, 14, 15. So, like, there wasn't this sense of, like, we didn't have the ways of communicating that we do now. But, like, um, you were really the only person to keep in contact. Um, even, like, Paul, Tanner, and Zach that I had friends with when I was in. Because you went to a different middle school yeah, than yeah, I did. Yeah, I went. To, um, to a different one than everybody. Yeah, and so like those were my school friends that I hung out all day, and then like you were my neighborhood friend that, that when I was at school, like you and I were hanging out. Right. But like Paul Tanner and them, they came up for a birthday once, um, but uh, I really didn't talk to them all that much. But like every time you guys were coming through for scout camp, like you were texting me saying, "Hey, we're at the McDonald's. Come say hi." And like you, Drew, like you guys would all be there. But, like you were the one saying. Hey man, we're here. Come say hi. Or right. and then we're gonna we're coming through on this day at this time. Come say hi. And like so that's when I would come see you guys. And then when I was coming to West Jordan, I'd be like, Hey, I'm coming through. And you'd be like, Okay, cool. And like you and I were always the yeah, ones yeah. talking and maintaining that relationship. Now I you know I feel like we've got a good relationship with a good group of us now. At least most of us. You know, Drew's got now he's got a kid and he's got his own family and he's kind of out of the way, so he's got kind of got his own life. But we try to stay in touch mm-hmm. um, the best we can. Um, but like, that's one of the things that also made a big impact on, that's one of the things that realized like, okay, like Alex and I, we're going to be lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. Like, cause even as kids, when we don't have the ability to come see each other, when you do, ha- when you've got that opportunity, like we're seeing each other, yeah, yeah. we're talking, we're hanging out, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, that, that's pretty similar to how I remember mm-hmm. meeting you and kind of building off of that. Um, what do you remember about, because this is, your family was basically my second family when my mom's health started to go downhill. Right. Um, what, 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 what kind of, what do you remember about that situation when yeah, that it, happened? You know, I, I don't think I knew a lot about it and I didn't, I don't remember asking a lot of questions or anything like that. I was, I, I, honestly, I was kind of a, just kind of go with it child anyway, so. Right. Um, I knew your mom didn't have the best health. Um, I didn't know exactly what was going on with it. I knew that that was something I needed to be aware of when I was there. If like you had stepped out of the room or whatever. Um, I have this vague memory of like the paramedics coming to your house, but no one was really freaked out. Like we knew that she was going to be all right or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, um, but I, I don't remember asking a lot of questions. I didn't exactly know what was going on. Uh, but I knew that your family was struggling with that. I knew your mom wasn't doing well, and at the time we didn't know what that what that meant. Um, right. But I do remember spending a lot of time with, like your uncle and your cousin would come over. Yeah. Um, I remember spending time with them. Um, I do remember you coming over up, up up to my house a lot too. My parents are really good at just like I mean, my parents are just chill with all my friends. They yeah. You know they're really welcoming, and you did just come family while we were there, and especially because I'm sure because your mom was sick, we hung out more. Yeah. Um, but I do remember your dad being pretty strict mm-hmm. around that time. Um, yeah. He had, he just had, he a, had lot a lot of stress on his plate, honestly. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, did you, as a kid, were you aware and making it an effort to, because from me, it seemed that way as if you were like, okay, Ben's going through this. Like, so when we're hanging out, like, we've got to be doing something so that he doesn't have to think about this. Was that something that you actively honestly, thought of? I don't know if I actively thought thought of that it's hard to remember i i, I remember like i just we were friends so right. i wanted to hang out um 
and I I did I was aware of what was happening, but I don't think it was like an act like a an active thing that I was like trying to be your friend or get us doing something where there I just you know we were friends and and it was fun and mm-hmm. you know what I mean like since there was a lot going on at home it was easy for us to get away and just go have fun and go to next football games or right. you know, whatever we were doing. So with that. I mean, I know you've got a lot of, you got Taylor, who's a really close friend of yours. Um, I consider us pretty close friends and like a group of us. This is one of the things that Brett and I talked about the other day of like, obviously friendship. Like that's an important thing for a lot of people. If you ask somebody, like it's important to have good friends. Um, but like to you, to be able to have people that are in your life like that, like what's that? What does that mean? for you personally about having that, those kind of relationships outside of like your immediate family yeah. or something like no, that. No, it's, it's big. Um, it, it was always good growing up, leaning on my friends. Um, I, I wouldn't say I had a bad childhood or anything like that, but, um, there were a lot of stresses and stuff that I wanted to get away. And I just wanted to go play basketball, like straight up. Right. Um, and kind of through basketball is where I've built all my friendships. I, I feel like, um, but it, it's, it's important to me to have those people outside of my family that I can kind of, um, you know, get their advice or, or just have someone to lean on if I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've been lucky to have some really good friends in my life. And, um, yeah. It is interesting to see that because uh, two, two years ago, I think, was it two years ago, last year or something like that? That's when, this isn't the first time you and I have sat down in a podcast format. This is not. Like, you, you me, and Ryan tried to start um, a Utah Jazz podcast. And it is interesting how even... Like some kids kind of like, yeah, I played basketball growing up and then they kind of grow out of it. Like that's something that's always kind of stuck with you and me and like our mm-hmm. friend group is like basketball is kind of the thing that's uh-huh. kind of centered all of us and kind of brought us together. And like that's something we can always refer back and talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's interesting that like you have those things that, you know, it, it is a, it's a sport, it's a game, but like how unifying it is for yeah. the group of us. Because mm-hmm. I mean, fantasy, we play fantasy basketball every year. Um, and like, it's just something that keeps us involved yeah. and like, there are times where like you and I won't talk, but during fantasy season, like you and I are almost talking like weekly and yeah. like the ups and downs or whatever it is, or like you texted me earlier this week and you're like, I'm playing you this week and you deserve to lose. I'm like, I lost two weeks ago. You said it doesn't really matter. Like you still deserve to lose. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like there's that tie, that constant tie between mm-hmm. that kind of keeps drawing us back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like it's nice to have that as friends to have that one thing that I mean you don't necessarily that's not why we're friends but like that's the one thing we all fall back on I mean you and Jess went with my friends who you had never met because I don't think you had met Brett no I didn't know anyone and I just said hey a group of my friends are coming down to St. George do you just want to come and you're like oh yeah hell that I'm down and then like you just met these random ass people and like we don't talk about basketball, but everyone just hanging out. Yeah, we we're chilling, doing a bunch of fun stuff, and like it just fits in. Yeah, um, yeah. Basketball has always been that for me for some reason. Even yeah. if our, our our friendship isn't about basketball, some somehow it always it starts. always kind of yeah. that's how it always yeah. starts. And it, it's interesting to look back at that because like I didn't play basketball growing up. Like I played soccer growing up. Right. And I really didn't start playing basketball until I came to Utah. Right. Um, and so like it is interesting that that there's like that one central thing that just ties most of your friends together. Right. Um, 
it's just kind of interesting to look back on as an adult um, to, to see that. Now, as you've gotten older, um, life's kind of t- pulled you in different directions. Um, you guys went from West Jordan to Logan. Mm-hmm. You guys went to school up there. Mm-hmm. And then you just... No, no, no. You went to UVU first. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where you met Jess. Yeah, so yeah, when I got off for my mission, um, I, I wanted to go to school originally down in Dixie. Um, St. George. Yeah, that was my plan. And then I got home, and for some reason, I just wanted to stick around home. I think maybe because I had friends around here, and I was like, I don't want to go down to St. George by myself or whatever. So I just applied to UVU and said, well, that'll work for now. Right. Um, got down to UVU. Uh, was it my second semester there? I think I met Jessica. Um, we had a class together, and then... Uh, swiped up on her mutual. <laughs> got the little two-way, two-way action going there. So she, she didn't know who I was at all. I knew, I knew who she was. I had already scouted out the class. I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew who I wanted, and I, she popped up on mutual, worked out. Um, yeah, and then uh, asked her to sit by me in class, or we had planned to sit by each other in class, or something like that. And I saved a seat. And the only seat that, that had two seats available in the classroom was in the middle of a row. And I was like, well, I guess that's where we're sitting. <laughs> so I sat down in the middle of the row, and she walked in the room, and she looked around. She sat on the other side of the class, and I was like, all right, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this girl doing? And uh, so then class got over, and I was like, oh, she'll probably come up to me and say something then, or something like that, but I'm just going to walk out. And I got talking with one of my buddies in the class, and she never said a word and I didn't say a word to her and I just left so I was like alright well that girl didn't want to sit by me that's nice like she's a liar or whatever I don't know and we ended up going on a date like was it later that week maybe two weeks later something like that and yeah never stopped talking since then And how long did you guys date before you got married? oh it was I think from when we when we started dating to when we got married it was like 10 months right something like that um, not very long, not very long. Um, it's so, long in Utah terms. I, if, it wasn't three, if it wasn't three months, it wasn't three. <laughs> it definitely wasn't three. It was at least six before we even got engaged. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was still pretty quick. It was a, a Utah, a Utah marriage. Love it. Gotta love it. So, um, one thing that I've noticed is you, as you and Jess, like with you and Jess, is you guys travel a ton mm. which I'm I'm kind of jealous of because you guys it's like you guys just the, the way that you guys like just kind of take advantage of those situations to travel is that something that you guys actively had planned like while you guys were dating or getting married or was that something that just kind of popped up you know from the second we started dating I think it was like a week after we started dating we wanted to go down and see Moab. So we like jumped in the car, went down, down there. So we've always kind of just had it in common to travel. We really like seeing the world. Um, I didn't really know I liked seeing the world until I went to Japan on my mission. And then I was like, Oh shoot. Like I really want to go see different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and just cause he, that times 10, like she, that's all she wants to do. So, um, we had that in common and we just kind of started traveling. Even when we were dating, we went out to New York, like, we, we traveled quite a bit when we were dating, and then it's just been something we prioritize. So for me, like, there are places that I that I do want to see, 
um, that you know that I think would be cool to see before you know before I die or anything like that. But like, what what is it about traveling? Because it's not like you guys are just like you know I'm gonna like tr- they're not necessarily a designated purpose when you guys travel. Like sometimes there is, but like I said, like we were talking before, like I remember one time you guys just up and left Phoenix mm-hmm. for fun just mm-hmm. for a weekend, and I'm like. I've never really had that uh, a burning desire to like hang out in Phoenix, but like it's the matter of like you guys are just traveling. You got away for the weekend in a new place. Yeah. So like, what's that appeal to travel? That appeals to you guys as you guys. Um, I think we both use it as a reset to just kind of get away from our lives. Like honestly, like we okay. like resetting. Um, whenever we kind of start feeling burned out at home or like work, whatever. Right. We're like, we just need to go on another trip. Like honestly, it's kind of just our we got to get our fix of our trip. You know what I mean? Like, um, but we love seeing new places. We'll go eat food and do different, like we have different plans in every place that we go, but, um, we just like to go see the city and see what it's like, see the kind of different way of life. Um, cause even going from here to Denver, here to Phoenix, like the way of life is just completely different, you know? So it's been fun to see, you know, we've seen different countries and stuff and see different cultures. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a reset to us, and honestly, it's one of our favorite things to do. So we prioritize it, and that's where all of our money goes to. Yeah. Now, when you go see those different cult, like, how does it? You you say you've traveled different countries. I know you've been to Europe a couple times. Um, have you ever gone to South America or anything like that? Um, we we have. We went down to South America, Costa Rica. So we, we went down to Costa Rica a couple okay. months ago. So that's that's kind of the only... I've been to like, yeah, South America, Europe. That's kind of all we've hit so far. We've hit a lot of places in Europe, but um, haven't done more than, than Costa Rica down in the south. So. What, what is it like to see, um, obviously, like, the U- Utah culture alone in the United States is very different than other states. Like the... Your, especially how we were raised mm-hmm. with the church being so prevalent like like you said Denver and Phoenix like it's not necessarily that right it's not that same culture um, it's like what is it what does it mean to you to see those different cultures not just around the states but like going yeah to South America or to Europe or even like you went to your mission in Japan like what's it like to see those cultures and like how the, the, is it easy for you like is it nice for you to take a, take a step back and kind of see a bigger picture yeah i think that's um honestly one of the biggest things in my life has been is seeing different different places um japan was eye-opening to me especially kind of around the time i was trying to figure out if i wanted to continue with the church or if i believed in what the church was teaching us or um kind of wanted to figure out what i believed right and right and so i i went on my mission thinking all right this will like i've seen all, all these missionaries go this will teach them mm-hmm. or like teach me what I what I need to know and I'll be able to figure out if I if I believe this or not because um, yeah in Utah you live you learn one way of life really like everyone kind of lives the same way it's pretty rare to see someone it's, that doesn't exactly yeah. most most people in my high school even if they're not active everyone's LDS mm-hmm. um, or they know of the culture or they yeah or they're part of the culture you right. know um, so my first experience of, of even though I was a missionary, was was going to Japan, was of seeing another culture, um, and Japan was just it was, it was crazy because all these people, they they weren't LDS, they, 
they didn't even know what what the church was you right. know that, that was my whole purpose there was to teach them that and and they were the best people the most kind people like you see right now with the uh the world cup going on right they're cleaning up the locker room like that's just yeah that's japanese people and i was like holy cow like these people are so amazing they're so humble they they work so hard um and I, I, my wheels started turning in my head, like just of, like how different you can live and still be happy. You know what I mean? You don't. You taught taught me one thing, and I'm seeing a whole different thing here in Japan. And then, you know, as I got home, I started seeing different places around the United States, and I'm like, well, like there's still like there's ways to be happy that don't have to do with what I was taught my right. entire life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that what I was taught my entire life didn't make me happy right or it was incorrect or anything like that right right um my wheels just started turning to different ways that you can live life and be happy how do you so in in that aspect of of you know you were raised up a specific way in a specific culture um and it's not again it's not a bad culture by any means i mean you know the, the gospel teaches good things and um, you know, family is important. Be a good person. Things like that. Um, what are some of those things that you've learned traveling different places and seeing different cultures? Um, that you've also learned that it's just like not necessarily taught inside the church as much as it should. You know, the church may believe in it, but doesn't teach it as much as it as right. would. Whereas other cultures are like they like hammer this point home. Are there anything yeah. out there? Um, there's a lot. I, I, first and foremost, I don't like, I love everyone in the church. I, I still think very highly of everyone in the church. I, you know, I personally, um, don't believe everything that, that the church has taught or agree with what the church has taught, um, in some ways. But, um, but yeah, I, I want to first and foremost say that, that, right. Um, I think that you can live life happy, like it's a different way for everybody, and mm-hmm. um, if that's within the church or or not, I I support you no matter what. Um, but I think just some of the things that that really hit home with me outside of the church was just like unconditional love. Um, I don't want to say that people within the church don't unconditionally love you, but in a way, sometimes it's hard because. When you're inside the church, you're expected to live a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't, it feels like the outside world is judging you. You know what I mean? Right. Or you can't ever come back from what you did or or anything like that. And so, you know, I think just unconditional love is kind of, like, to me, like, literally unconditionally. I don't care what you've done, anything anything at all, I'm going to support you and love you, you know? Right. Um, and that's just kind of one of the biggest things that I feel like, I don't think the church teaches wrong. I don't think anything like that. But I think it's helped me to take a step back from the church and just literally love everyone unconditionally mm-hmm. without the church being on my mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does, for sure. Um, and for those, you know, I'm I'm active in the church. And I, I there was a time where I wasn't. Um, and that's one of the things that I've also kind of under- realized. And I think I've always been pretty good at is like, I understand a lot of the church's teachings. I get it. Now, there are some things where I don't necessarily agree or either how they go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or some of the decisions that they make that I know, okay, they're made this way because they have to be made this way. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand why they have mm-hmm. to do it. Um, and so, like, I I feel like I'm pretty good at that situation of being able to be like, like, we've got people in our lives where I think they, who, who know you and they look at, they say, well, he's not doing this. And I kind of lose respect for him. And... I honestly, again, I could give two shits. Like, I've known you since I was 12, and Jess has been around, ever since you guys started dating and got married, Jess has been around with all of us, and so I don't know Jess very well, but I know, like, I know Jess isn't, you know, a terrible human being. And so, like, I can, (laughs) I can look at, I can look at the relationship that you guys have, like, the life that you guys live, like, it's not, you're not, you're not going out and like rotting the world with anything no. and to be able to be like okay like yeah we grew up together in the same ward we played church ball together we were in scouts together like we we're we we're priest holder like yeah there's this but like the life does change you know Nick went through that change mm-hmm. I went through that like everyone has their own path in life and again I think that's part of the things that the church is like like hey like you remember the church and I remember the like, it's not that you're not a member you're just not active and you may not believe in everything and so like there that's a problem where i'm just like well not necessarily a problem yeah i i think that that's been one of the biggest things to me is just you know seeing the other way of life and being like you know i it was tough at the beginning i i I don't think some people within the church understand what it's like to to leave the church right um i sometimes you're looked at as just like lazy or you know, you just don't want to go to church every week or you want to go out and drink and you want to go out and, you know, do everything that yeah. we're kind of told not to. And honestly, that, that wasn't it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it Going through a faith crisis is, it's scary. Like, it would have been easier for me just to stay in the church, to be honest. Right. Um, there's a lot of just like, you're questioning everything you've been taught your entire life and trying to figure out like, you know what you actually believe what yeah. is there a god you know it comes down to like so many things and it can yeah. be scary when you just don't even know like what what the point of right and living the, anymore is yeah. you know um but i think it's important to to know that like a lot of people that leave the church aren't lazy they're like i had some dark dark nights and just like reading everything trying to figure figure everything out right um but but you can still be a good person outside of the church, and that's what I found. I'm like right. I can still have purpose in life. I can still help so many people. I can still like, I've had to revamp my entire view of the world, um, and and I can still be a good person without the church. Right. Um, does that take some work to figure out what I want to do, like the goals or whatever? Yeah, it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think people forget or don't know how hard it is for someone just to up and leave everything they've been taught yeah um and it's not due to laziness not all the time I, I think there are aspects of it but it's i've met a lot of people since leaving that have left and it is not an easy thing for anyone yeah i mean again it's it's what you've known like it's um you know i you you that that was what your entire really childhood is based around like mm-hmm. this belief system and you let doubt sink you know you have like okay well, what about this and what about this what about this like 
it's important to question those things mm-hmm. because if you never question those things, you know, you never really have true faith. If you're never question, actively questioning those things and never trying to figure them out on your own, you're never really going to have true faith. Mm-hmm. And like, so I think it's, it's healthy and it's good for people to question those things because mm-hmm. if you were just a, you're almost not choosing to live that life. You're just like, this is what I've been told to do, so I'm just going to do it. Right. Like, yes, there is a choice to it, but like, you don't have the sensibility or the ability or, or the maturity to be able to like, okay, like, why am I living this life though? Right. Like, is this the life that I want to live? Is this the life that I want my future kids to live? Is this, like, okay, and then you can weigh those options. Right. And it shows a lot. Like, I imagine it can be very difficult. You know, I imagine it was difficult for my brother to do the mm-hmm. same thing where he's just like, look, like, I just don't believe. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. Like, it, it starts with that. It's just like, I don't, I'm unsure and I don't believe and, like I have to figure it out on my own and some people have to figure it out on their own and some people whether it's my idea of figuring it out on their own and and being like and being away and then coming back and be like okay I found it which is kind of my idea mm-hmm. but like my idea isn't your idea of figuring mm-hmm. it out and it isn't Jess's and it isn't Brett's and it isn't your parents and right. and that's hard especially like knowing knowing your mom and dad like you know, it's not necessarily an easy thing for them to see. No, it's not. Um, but like you then have, you have to go to them and be like, this is my journey. This is mm-hmm. what I have to do. This is what I feel like is necessary for me to do. Like, I don't think that this is right for me. And like your parents are then having to, your parents are then having to be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And like, just watch. And it's hard for your parents, but I think it's hard for your parents to see that. But I think it's, a lot harder for you because you know you then know like okay my parents are upset or you know I have friends that may be upset but like and you have to lift that but then you also have to be like I have to do this though right yeah exactly um that that was one of the biggest things I kind of like why I stuck around the church for a while when I got home from my mission um was because I I almost at that time would rather um not necessarily live a life that I didn't want to live, but I would have just kind of hunkered down and done what everyone else told me to do just so I didn't disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I didn't disappoint my friends or my parents or even my brothers. You know, I've been told my entire life that I'm an example to my brothers. Like I'm the oldest of five yeah. kids, five boys. and um, They look to you as a leader. They do. And so if I'm, you know, not going, doing what my parents want me to do, right, then I'm failing. Right. And so there was a long time I was just like looking like, trying to process that and trying to be the example, even though like, you know, I might've wanted different things or thought differently. And, um, I like, it made me feel guilty all the time. And just like, like I wasn't doing enough. Like if I left the church that I wasn't doing my job as a leader. Right. Right. And I kind of, it's, it's not just like an overnight thing, but I, I figured out that, um, I can be a leader still, um, without the church for sure. Um, and, you know, like, there's been a lot of good things. Like, I still think my family is the most important thing to me. You know, telling my parents wasn't wasn't easy. Um, but, you know, they support me and they're, they're going to help me with no matter what I need. Um, and, you know, having Jessica is also a big part of that. Um, it's been nice to have Sundays free, in all honesty, because now right. we get to focus on each other mm-hmm. um, and, and the time that we have together. And... You know, I have, I just have this different outlook of life now that I want to, you know, like cherish all my relationships and all the time that I have, um, 
with the people I love because right. I still don't know what I believe or, you know, right. don't have everything figured out. And so it, it just makes me cherish all those relationships and, and, uh, time that I have with everyone. For sure. More. Um, talking about those relationships, I want to kind of talk a little bit about yours and Jess's and kind of, I, again, I've known you since you were 12. And so as being adults, like it is wild to me because it's, it feels like just last year you and I met for the first time as kids and like you're married, um, Eric's married, yeah. Drew's married and has a kid. Yeah. Um, like we're all grown up mm-hmm. and it is Sometimes it's crazy to think, to hear, like, to, to see, be like, oh, yeah, Alex, Alex is married. So, like, what's that journey been through through marriage and, like, things that you have learned from Jess and, like, you have guys have built on and built together yeah. um, to kind of get to where you are? Did you get married for f- three or four years? Four years. Yeah, four years. we've been married for four, just like this past October. So what so. what are some of those things that as you guys have gone through these four years of marriage that like you guys have built together and like taught one another or she has taught you yeah. um, about just kind of yourself or life or how to move forward and things like that? Yeah. Uh, well, and side note, she's right here. So like if is. you say the wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, she's trying to punch me. Um no, one of the things that that's always amazed me about Jess is just how chill she is. You know, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't say a lot, um, but she's chill. Mm-hmm. You know, when we first start dating, I'd be driving in the car and like people would cut me off or whatever, and it's time for war. Right. You know, and she'd be like, "Yo, just chill. Yeah. Just relax. Like, you know." And so, so it's one of the biggest things she's taught me in this four years: just have a little more patience. Right. Um. It might just be the red hair. I don't know <laughs> what exactly it is, but I, I tend to be kind of a hothead, and she's definitely calmed me down a lot. Um, she's just, yeah, I, I can describe Jess as chill. She might not say a lot, but she's uh, very aware, very smart, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she, she she's good at chilling me out. Um, we've had to learn patience with each other. Um, you know, we were pretty young when we, like we were really young when we got married. Right. Didn't really even know what we were getting into. And, uh, so we've had to kind of grow up together and learn how to be patient with each other and learn how to communicate with each other. I think those are some of the, the hardest things to learn. Um, but I mean, we've come a long way in four years with our communication and, um, and yeah, we're just a team and that's what, yeah, she's, she's awesome. She shows me out. She, Helps me process things when I'm not processing right. She's way smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did a good job. I was smart by picking a smart one. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, it's been, uh, again, like I said, it's it's crazy to think that we're adults now kind of thing. Just because I can revert back to when we were kids and I can remember it like it was yesterday. Especially because like, that Western time with, with the, that group of guys... Mm-hmm. With you, Connor, Chase, Davis, all of them. Um, like, that was a big part because, like, that's when my mom's house started going down really fast. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's a part that I remember, like, okay, you guys were just there. You, you guys were there for me when I needed somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I remember that part of my life pretty vividly. Um, and then shortly after, like, I lost, when I moved to Evanston, I lost that for a good year or two of, like, oh, like, I don't have that, I don't have that group. Right. that I can just go to anymore. And so like 
and like I said, you specifically have impacted me in that way, just because we've stayed close for a long time. Yeah. Um, and like we've just, you know, whether it's playing ball, going golfing, um, you know, hanging out. You know, we were there were a couple times where I was able to come over and hang out with, with the like, with your brothers and. Yeah. Uh, Taylor was in town and you're like hey we're having people over you want to come chill for a little bit uh-huh. I'm like okay head down like I'm just hanging out um, or going on trips to St. George or whatever it is um, like we do that as adults and that's one of the things that I've cherished most about your friendship and like Brett's friendship and Draper and them like it's those are friendships that I know that you may, you and I may not talk every single day or whatever it is but like at the end of the day like, if shit hits the fan, I know I can call you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, or, like, when we go and do something something fun. I mean, we, we went to that, the year after we did the St. George trip, we went down again to do that little concert thing during COVID. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hey, we're going this year. Do you want to come? And you're like, oh, I'd love to, but, right. like, you were do, you were down there with yeah, your grandparents yeah, or something Yeah, we like were that. down there, weren't we? We had something else going on. Yeah. And, like, yeah. like when we do those things, like, even though, you know, Brett Draper, Tristan and I, we play video games with each other on a weekly basis. Right. And, but like, that's a tr- those are still trips that I'm like, I'll call Alex if he wants to go. Yeah, for sure. Because like, the way you just fit in when we were all there, like it was easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, that's kind of, a big reason why I wanted to sit down with you is like, that's, I don't have a lot of, there aren't a lot of people, you know, I can probably count that many people in my hands of like, you know, 10 or less people that I, I actively think of when I go do something fun. I'm like, you know what, Alex, Alex and Jess would probably love to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get them involved. Cause I think they'll make it a great time too. Yeah. Um, and there's not, I don't have many people like that. And so, you know, again, I, I think that when I inevitably have kids, like they'll know you and Jess. Like they'll know who you are, and like they'll have some, they'll have interactions with you. But on the off chance they don't, like your experience that I've seen from the outside looking in, like I want them to understand, like some people are raised the same way. You and I were raised fairly similar in mm-hmm. ways, but everyone's got to figure it out on their own, mm-hmm. and you're still a brother. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just gonna be like, hey man just because you don't believe the same thing I believe, like we can't be friends anymore or we can't be bro- like I consider you family. Right. And like, I think a lot of people get, I've lost a lot of friends because as a kid I was like, Oh no, 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 you don't believe what I believe. So we, we can't be friends. Right. Like, I've lost friends doing that. And it's really stupid because that makes no sense. Right. But like, it's important for, I think it's important for a lot of people to understand that like, there are people out there in your situation where they're having a really tough time believing what they believe in. And you've taken the courage and taken that ability to be like, all right, like I know this is something that I've been, I've been, uh, um, this is something that I've been taught growing up, but I need to have the courage and I need to have the, the ability to take a step, take a step back and be like, I've got to read. I've got to reevaluate everything that I know. Yeah. And I got hard. Mm-hmm. And I know it's hard because my brother went through it. I kind of went through it, but, you know, I, I don't think I went through it to an extent. But, like, I've like I've seen you go through that mm-hmm. process before. So, 
um, like it's been kind of inspiring for me to see that because like I know it's so um, I know it's so that's a difficult thing to go through to wrap it up um, at the end of every every little segment I do um, I ask whoever I'm talking to um, one per one piece of advice to give your future kids my future kids people who are listening um, one piece of advice um, that they can use in their life to either make it make it a little easier on them or to get a full experience out of life um, what would that one what would that piece of advice be to those uh, who are listening yeah one piece of advice would be uh, would be just to love people unconditionally um, like you never know what someone's going through ever um, and it's it's been a process in my life to try and just like literally love everyone conditionally even the, the rude Karen at the grocery store like uh, I've been trying to teach myself just to let it like just to love everyone you know yeah. it doesn't doesn't matter what's going on to love them to support them mm-hmm. um, and then just to find what makes you happy and and roll with it yeah um, you know I think one of the hardest things in life um, is to figure out who you are and just being that person unconditionally mm-hmm. no matter who you're around just being being that person finding who you are finding what you like um, and just doing it um, and, and so yeah my, my advice is just to love people and, and to be you and find what makes you happy and roll with it that's awesome man um, again I appreciate you sitting down with me Anytime. Um, we'll probably do more of these I tell that to everybody because again you guys everyone I'm talking to are very important people in my life I'm like I don't want to just be like a one and done type deal um, it may not be as kind of serious as it was on this one we may talk about the jazz or whatever kind yeah. of bullshit we can talk about but um, I appreciate you my guy oh yeah I'm glad that we're glad that we're in each other's lives and um, hopefully we can kind of just keep building on that so for sure sweet man thanks yep